Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bait Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Reel Down on Paddling Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Real Down Penland Film. It's Monday night. Welcome back. How you doing, Jimmy? Pretty good, man. Getting I'm well, I'm I'm already psyched up, but I'm trying to stay energized to finish getting all my crap ready to go to Texas tomorrow. Yes, yeah, so it's not going well. Some people are already out there. I guess they're going straight from like Broken Bow, going straight from the Hobies over to Texas. Yeah, uh, I thought we were going to be out there kind of early getting out getting there tomorrow, but uh, apparently not. So, but we did shout out to Russ Snyder. He, uh, called the Airbnb owner and they're letting us come a day early instead of us having to, we were just going to kind of mosey our way over there and then sleep in the truck or get a, you know, one of the, the motel sixes out there that you might get shot at, but now we don't have to. So thanks Russ. And we were joking 
we mess uh, I sent him a message since he just you know won the broken bow event and was like, hey, that means stakes are on you. And he said, yeah, so it's gonna be a good week. That guy, he's so crazy. Is he on? I, I didn't see. Him. Is he on KBN tonight? I figured. I figured. I have no idea. Yeah. I haven't. Like, I won't even lie to you. I didn't think about what day it was until about thirty minutes ago, and I almost missed being on this show. <laughs> I was getting ready to start packing a couple of things, and I just was like, "God, I'm forgetting something." And then I was like, "Oh God, it's Monday night. <laughs> I got to go set." I already packed up all my computer stuff. I had to go and pack up all of it. Well, I, I, that was a big tournament this week, but uh, we had just had Russ on not too long ago. So uh, this week we decided to go another route, but congrats to all those Hobie guys. Definitely tough for a lot of people out there. Uh, but yeah, tonight, as always, we are sponsored by The Dugout, the best shop in the country. Got to believe that. But uh, what, what's what's going on at The Dugout this week, Jimmy? Well, the real down deal is still going on. Uh I'll go ahead and tell you again, in case you didn't know, uh, St. Croix Legend Extreme Rods at regular price. Get a free Shimano SLX reel of your choice. Extreme. Um, the right. Um, we've talked about the, they got the Burley Pro stuff, um, the St. Croix, what is it, Victory? Victory? Yeah. The Russian-looking rod. That's the only thing I can think about is that it's like the, the Russian, whatever. Not going to go there. But uh, so this week uh, they want to let y'all know that they've got uh, Yakima racks and stuff in for, you know, putting on your car or your trailer or whatever to uh, load your boats up. The Yakima topwater boxes, which if you have ever seen one, Google it. I have one. It is the best thing in the world for carrying your rods, in my opinion. No one else outside of now fly fishing. There's some some nice stuff, but. As far as just carrying a whole bunch of rods and reels, you cannot beat the Yakima Topwater Box. I think I've got I've got paddles and electronics in the bottom of mine right now, and I think I've got 12 rod and reel combos in there, and it's all comfortable, locks up real nice, watertight. Well, I won't say watertight. It's weatherproof. You're not, it's not, rain's not getting in, but definitely don't put it low on your trailer and wet launch your kayak. That's why I just rebuilt my trailer. Uh, and then they also wanted to let everybody know that they're the Southeast dealer for the on the water innovations trailers, which again, if you have not checked out one of those trailers, um, I'll go ahead and plug, uh, Catherine fields, go check out Kate fishing. She's got one of their trailers and I was so jealous of her setup that I kind of replicated it myself and built my own because I'm sorry, I am too broke to buy a cool trailer like that. But yeah, they, they're the dealer down there at the dugout, so go down there and check them out and tell them that me and Dan and Paddle and Finn sent you that way. And yeah, you can check out, they have like the Turney Light, the Turney Double. They have all the different standard ones. Chad Hoover has one. You can check out his site. I mean, him, his is custom. They don't have that one at the dugout, but yeah, I mean, it's a veteran owned by Denny, and it's just, they're putting out the best. There's a lot of great trailers, like, you know, uh, a lot of different brands out there, but on the water innovations, there's they're the best on the market right now. There's it's like on the water and everybody else. It is and Dan. Dan can say that Dan has a Tennessee uh, Tennessee trailers, and that's a good trailer. Yeah, that's oh, a nice right. trailer. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's just not. There's custom things like the slit, uh, the bars on the bottom. They're tilted down so your kayak just slides off the bottom. Like the attention to detail on the underwater innovations, 
trailers. They're just like a cut above anything else out there. And if you haven't checked them out, if you're watching this, you probably have. But if you haven't, dude, they are the best out there. I mean, there, there's no legit. Yeah. All right. Somebody loves my hat. I don't know who that is, Facebook user, but you're all right in my book. Uh, yeah. And yes, he's on. Chris Mark says Russ is on KBN tonight. So go oh, back. We're going to talk about Chris a little later. He was yeah. uh, out of the money by one spot due to a tiebreaker on Gunnersville. <laughs> that sucks. But yeah, we'll talk about that tournament. TVKA, talk about that tournament tonight. But uh, if, if you want to fish Gunnersville this weekend, Coleman's having a tournament. So, yeah, run on down to Gunnersville. But, uh, yeah, so here we go. This week we're mixing it up, doing a little bit of something different, going way out west. We've got the Urban Kayak, Urban Anglers Club of Los Angeles. Uh, this week they were on the Santa Fe Dam. But uh, really, so something we don't get to say enough on this show, and we should every week, it's a shame that we don't, uh, is we want to say thank you to all the active duty um, veterans, soldiers, sa sailors, airmen, Marines, and now guardians. You, you have to say guardians in that too, uh, for the space force that kind of weirds me out still, but, uh, guardians, it's so badass. but, um, <laughs> but also, but also really is. the first responders out there, uh, they help us. I mean, they're keeping us safe right now. And, um, you know, they're there whenever you need them. But last week, the club, the urban anglers, uh, Urban Anglers Club of Los Angeles, they held a benefit tournament for one of their own anglers. Uh, Jose Luis Rosa, he was a police officer uh, with L.A. County, and he was killed in the line of duty. So they were having a benefit tournament for him. So um, to bring them on, first we have, hopefully I don't mess up names, mm -hmm. Kurt, me, Tyre, and we have hey, Dan and Jimmy. Hey, and well, we have. Alex Cox, I'm not going to mess that one up. <laughs> Arnold Velasquez. There you go. Got Look it. That, man, dude, <laughs> I'm okay. I'm, you know what? We do this podcast for about 10 years, and you might be just fine. No. <laughs> no, I look your names every day. I'm sorry. I'll say it now. I tell you, it's it's the California ones that get you, too. I'm, I'm fine reading through the tournament, and then we hit the California tournaments, and I'm just like, no, I'm not even going to try. Just congrats if you cashed a check, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Well, th thank y'all for being on the show. How y'all doing? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Good. Yeah, yeah real good. All right, so uh, we'll do a little round the round the horn here. We'll start with Kirk. Tell everybody who you are and how you got into kayak fishing. Well, I'm, I'm Kirk Matoyer, and the kayak fishing came about because I love fishing, for one thing. I used to compete in a lot of bass tournaments in the regular bass boats, and then um, um, something happened. I had a stroke and brain surgery, and couldn't fish in those big tournaments anymore. But um, it was real important that I exercised a lot, and so that's how I got, I got into the kayaking, you know, I got a kayak that way I can exercise and fish at the same time while we, while rehab myself. So all worked out pretty good. I'm fine now and I'm still kayaking and fishing. Very cool. What, what oh. kind of kayak you in? Oh, I have a Hobie pro angler 12. Okay. Big money. All right. Let's see Getting what's going on. Workouts, huh? yeah. All right. Alex, how about you, man? Good, good. Um, so I actually, uh, I fished in college with, through the uh, FLW College Series, 
And then there's kind of a handful of years where I just not really doing much. And then uh, I found out about the Urban Angler Club in 2018. And I fished my first event on a stand-up paddleboard. Because um, I live right by the ocean. So that's pretty much all I all I had at the time. And then after doing that, and then one of the KBF opens on Clear Lake on the paddleboard, I decided I need to up my game a little bit. So then the next year, I kind of went all in with a, a kayak and trolling motor and everything. And um, I've been doing... Every kayak tournament that I can manage from SoCal to NorCal and even out, out west, I was at Gunnersville last year. And uh, okay. I think that any club, whether it's big or small, is important to grow in the sport. And the Urban Angler Club is a really good organization uh, that gives a lot of guys opportunities just to kind of get a taste of, of what competitive fishing can be like, whether they're from the bank or shore or uh, a kayak or float tube. It's, it's a really good kind of grassroots um, beginners club for a lot of people. And, and I can't say thank you enough to Kirk for putting it on for us. And that, so this is a club that allows everything, right, Kirk? Uh, well, all small watercraft. So boats have to be 14 feet or less, and we don't allow any gas motors. So we get a lot of float tubers, um, kayakers, like Alex said, paddle boarders, um, pretty much anything that's a small watercraft. And we do allow shore anglers a, as well to come in, join our club, and even join the tournament. So we try not to turn anybody away. You do have to be 18 and over because of liability reasons. But if the kids come and fish with their parents, uh, we'll allow that too. Very cool. Very cool. All right, Arnold, how about you, man? Um, I, I'm actually new to tournament fishing. I just started, um, I actually fished a couple of tournaments with another guy that Kirk used to sponsor. Remember those, Kirk? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's how it all started. You know, there's just uh, a few guys fishing for shore and having competition against, against each other. I heard about it, went and started sponsoring some of those events with my homemade worms and stuff like that. And then it it just kind of snowballed from there. I actually don't know how I got chosen to put the club together, to be honest with you, but uh, it just kind of ended up that way. Yeah, so, and then Kirk started his thing. And what what I liked about his club or is it they allowed uh, various watercrafts. And I don't fish out of a kayak. I fish out of a pond prowler. It's like a little eight foot pontoon boat, you know, it's four by eight. So okay, that's what attracted me to go there. And then that was my first actual season of tournament fishing. And I, I fell in love right away, you know, so. All right, cash and checks. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a cool twist on it for sure. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think it would be cool if we had more local stuff like that, where guys use pond prowlers or, Float tubes. NACA had a guy one year. I can't remember which body of water we were fishing, but we had a guy show up in a float tube, and I want to say he top tinned. And that that'll just make you, you know, I don't know. Like I'm happy for the guy, but then you're like, God, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, a couple of guys actually won on Remember Kirk on the on shore. Remember? Yeah, we had a couple, we've had a couple of winners on shore. Actually, one of our um. One of our club members, Mario Bass, he was actually in the running for Urban Angler of the Year. He fished all the, all the tournaments from shore, and he was hanging in there pretty tough. So actually went out and got him a special trophy for best shore angler. So it, it, that just shows you that you know, can come out with us and just really it's about having a good time and less about the competition. 
our kind of theme is um, learn and share. So you, you want to learn as much as you can with the more experienced guys. And if you have success on the water, we expect you to share that with our other members. So you don't have to give away your secret spot, but we want to know what you're using and how you're using it. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's that's pretty crazy to think about that you can somebody still pulled pulled a win away. I mean, you got to think about it like shore fishing against any kind of watercraft. You're starting out with a handicap right off the bat, if, according to how you look at it. You know, I mean, it limits. I mean, if it's a deeper water bite, like what are you going to do? You know, right. that, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and I think that I mean the the name of the club is the urban angler club and you're looking at where we are in you know you got la county riverside county orange county a lot of the lakes that we're fishing are i mean i think the biggest one might be three to 350 acres um and then the rest of them are a lot smaller than that so being able to fish from shore can actually have its advantages i mean i'm not exactly sure where you guys are in the country but out west we're already in that first wave of, of spawn and because of the rules i got out of my boat and sight fished one fish from the bank because I could. Yeah. And, and it's just a different twist on, on things. And, and like I said, the, in, in the springtime, if you're fishing from shore, you can cover a decent amount of the, 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 the perimeter of the lake. Sometimes you might actually have a better vantage point than the guys on the boats. That's crazy. Yeah. We're, we're down here in Alabama. So we're, we finally got out of the cold weather and have had a really nice warming trend. So it's about to go crazy down here. Actually, you said you came out to Gunnersville. I'm like 45 minutes, maybe an hour from being on on Gunnersville. Yeah, so I live I live right down here in the mecca of the Tennessee River fishing, and I'm two hours south of there. Nice. Yeah. I, I know that I I fish a little better from shore than I do in the kayak because one of the problems I have is position positioning the kayak into the right spot to make a cast. I usually get one, maybe two casts into the spot I want, and then I'm drifting off the spot. I don't have a trolling motor on mine, so it's kind of hard to, to stay in the location you would like to be at, uh, ideally to, to catch the fish you're targeting. Yeah, I just seem to do that better from shore than I can do from the kayak, but I, I thoroughly enjoy getting out in the kayak. Heck yeah. Cool. What you got cool. next for him, Dan? Yeah, so let's kind of um, just talk about the, the tournament. And uh, so first we'll talk about the benefit and why you had the tournament. And um, so, why, so why were you putting this on? Well, the, the it all came about, we, we have a, a set of uh, tournaments scheduled already. And this, our first tournament that we just had on Sunday was scheduled as a regular tournament. Then when we found out about our urban English club member Jose, we decided to turn that tournament into a fundraiser. So we literally put it together in a week, 10 days, something like that. And uh, it was just kind of like a, a rush, but we thought we it had to be done. 
before Jose passed away, he was in the hospital um, fighting for his life there for about a week. So, um, um, you know, that was when we started putting to it together for him. And after he passed, we just made it a, a, a fundraising tournament, you know, for, for his family. So we had several guys already signed up before we changed the format of the tournament. So I just told them if anybody wants to back out, we'll give them a full refund. It's understandable. And they have no obligation to stay there for the, um, you know, for the fundraiser. But, but you know, we have such a great group of guys. Nobody backed out. We even have people who couldn't make the tournament, paying to get it, paying the entry fee for the tournament, so it can all go to Jose. So, so 100% of everything we earned um, went to his family. And that includes we have some raffles and stuff. We have some great sponsors that that gave us a bunch of items to raffle off. And, it, um, you know, that's kind of like how it all came about and how we how we started it. Um, um, Alex, uh, Arnold, you guys have got any input on that? Well, I just think that, I mean, like I said, like back in, in 2018, when, when at least I started with the club, it it's really cool to see how much it's grown in size, but also how it's grown closer together between all the anglers. Uh, I mean, you know, some of those guys that are, are really close with Jose were able to speak about him. I, I didn't have the, you know, the fortunate chance to, to really get to know Jose, but some of those guys just became close friends on and off the water, fishing aside. And, you know, from fishing all of these different circuits up and down California and even out, out east, it's sometimes you, you get caught up in, in the competitive aspect of, of fishing and when when i kind of take a step back and come back home and and i see the urban angler club where fishing is i would say maybe half the reason why these guys are getting together the other half is just because they really like spending time with each other and learning and and whether they catch fish you know that's that's one thing and they'll, they'll brag about it for for months at a time but it's just good to see that there's that honest true camaraderie among anglers and it's not just about who's going to beat who that's that's one of my favorite things about our sport is that's I mean, the camaraderie and the, you know, the brotherhood and stuff like that. I mean, the, I'm, I'm headed to Lake Fork tomorrow with absolutely no, you know, I told the guys today I paid the entry fee just because in case, you know, lightning strikes, I've paid and can win that tournament. But it's just like a vacation for me going to these tournaments, hanging out with all the guys and, and especially, you know, doing this podcast, man, we've made so many friends, me and Dan both and talked to so many people getting to connect with everybody in person at the events and stuff. just, just a big bonus. I think I got one of the biggest compliments from the club, from Alex. And I've heard it from a few other guys um, since our club is mainly about the comradeship and just uh, the tournaments are just an excuse to get together and go fishing. You know, the buy-ins are real low. There's not any big payouts. You know, we fight trophies and prizes at the tournaments. But one of the things Alex said, so one of the reasons why he makes such a big effort to come back and fish with us from doing those bigger um, tournaments he's in, but it's just a great positive vibe. And um, that's how we're trying to keep the club in, in that way. So, yeah. Um, uh, we, you know, it's just all about the comradeship, friendship, and an excuse to go fishing. So. That's right. All right. So, uh, unfortunately, it sounds like it was a, a pretty tough tournament out there that day uh, for, for the people that did fish. So, uh, you had 44 anglers. Alex, you got first with 72 inches. 
Um, really only eight people even caught a fish. Arnold second with 62 and a quarter, and then third went down to two fish, 26 inches, Ryan Kim. Uh, so that was top three. So, yeah, kind of tell us about your day. We'll start with you, Alex. Uh, how'd it go for you? I mean, obviously it went good, but how did you catch them? What were you doing? All that good stuff. Yeah, so just to kind of paint a picture everybody for everybody who's listening about what Santa Fe Dam is, because you've got listeners from all over. Yeah. Santa Fe Dam, I don't know the size of it, but you can walk around the whole thing in maybe an hour easily. And uh, it's all basically poured concrete, and there's – there's water in it, surprisingly. Uh, it's about, I don't know, maybe six to ten inches of visibility all year round. And uh, half the lake is kind of just slanted concrete into the water. And then the other half is kind of riprap that's got some some brush and some trees and everything. So for me, like I, I like to reaction fish and I like to burn the bank as much as possible. And because of the dirty water, I just throw basically chatterbaits, crankbaits, and spinnerbaits every time that I go there. Sounds um, perfect for you, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I uh, already want to go now. That's just like me. So <laughs> yeah, and and there are rumors that there are giants in there. I mean, I know that there are, there are some local swim baiters that throw ten to twelve inch glide baits and, and big trout swim baits, and sometimes they catch them. Um, so there is there is a good reason to go to this lake. But uh, no, really, for the for the tournament, I just threw a black and blue uh, three eighth ounce Z Man jackhammer, and. Uh, I got lucky. I got three fish from between like seven and seven thirty in the morning. Um, I kind of burned one bank and then I went kind of looking for bed fish because there's just enough clarity in the water to where you could almost predict where they're going to be uh, in kind of some of the ends of the lake. So I, I spent about another 45 minutes on a bed fish that, uh, like I said, I got out of my kayak, took two rods with me, walked about another 50 yards down the bank and, and caught it and then measured it and put it right back. And, uh, and then like my, my kicker was like a 1675 that I, I caught later on in the day on a, a chatterbait again. But yeah, those fish were all just like dirt shallow, just cover a lot of water and put one right in front of one's face pretty much. What, um, looking at this, I just showed a, showed the map of the place on there and it looks like chocolate milk on, on Google earth. Mm-hmm. So like what causes it to be so cloudy and stained all the time? Any idea? What? Arnold is the the <clears throat> local to, to Santa Fe Dam, so he could probably you know share what? a lot more. I asked uh, a couple of the I asked a couple of the guys that work there. They couldn't really answer it, but they did tell me it's uh, it's spring fed. I guess as mm-hmm. a, all the water comes in from a well, but that water is like super clear. So, but it's pretty it's pretty shallow. It's I think the deepest is around fourteen feet, I believe. I'm not sure. If yeah, it, and that's asking. lake levels about fourteen feet is. Um, the deepest is usually somewhere around 10 feet most of the year. So. Okay. Yeah, but they were saying that, that wa- the water quality there is better than, say, the surrounding lakes because of that. The other lakes get their water from, like, runoff and stuff like that. So the oh, yeah, water quality the water quality so, itself is better, just the visibility is not that great. Yeah. I have seen that the lake water clear up quite a bit over at Santa Fe Dam, but it's mostly pretty murky compared to some of our bigger lakes, not some of the uh, smaller park lakes, but um, it's a, it's a great little place and they don't allow gas motors in that lake. You could put a big bass boat in there, but you have to stay on the trolling motor. And Mm -hmm. um, 
Because of that, it's just a great place to float to and stuff because you don't have to worry about getting run over, you know, at some of the bigger <laughs> lakes you go and visit at. So, so it's kind of cool little place if you like to float to and bring the kids out and stuff like that. Great place to get people started in, in fishing. So, yeah. And mo most of the fish there are like super pale. They're like almost white. They're like silverish color. They look, they look crazy. You get, you get a couple of them that are kind of marked up, like the ones that live in them the toolies and stuff like that but yeah. the majority of them they're like super pale you could tell right away uh santa fe down fish you know yeah is it a like large mouth spotted bass or combination of everything uh, large large mouth only large mouth only yeah cool yeah they, they have other species like catfish and carp and and stuff like that but as far as the bass fishing go it's just just the large mouth gotcha yeah, and Alan, uh, what's your chatterbait trailer? That's yeah, kind of always <laughs> uh, the the Zayco color Yamamoto Zayco. The yeah. paddle tail one or the straight? No, just the, the straight tail one. I don't, I don't personally, I don't like the paddle. I think that uh, yeah. any kind of slim tail for a chatterbait that vibrates with the at the same frequency, I guess you could say, as the blade is ideal. Once you get that tail kicking a little bit more. I, I personally just think there's too much going on and, and I, I yeah. pretty much fish it fast too. So once you start burning it, like you don't really want too much secondary action out of that tail. That's the, uh, using those uh, paddle tail. The only way I got to, got it to work that I liked it was by clipping the tail kind of like you do in the winter on Kytex. And then yeah. I thought about it and I was like, well, at that point, why did I buy them? So <laughs> and, and any grasp. So it's just toolies, I guess. Uh, well, in the summer, you the, some of the grass will build up, so you'll start getting algae blooms as the water starts heating up, and you, we will get some grass build up there, and um, it'll, it'll produce a little bit of grass pads and stuff like that where you might be able to throw a frog in there, but it's um, you know it's not heavily um, grassed out, so but it, it's not bad. And just so uh, to get back to the chatterbait, one of the things I like to do in the chatterbait. I'll take one of the paddle, paddle tail um, swim, small swim baits like a Kytec or something similar, and I'll, I'll cut that paddle tail off and rig the bait as a trailer upside down. And that yeah, way, you're not getting the same kick you get out of that paddle tail, and it's a lot more subtle kick. Because, um, like Alex was saying, you don't want too much um, back there because you're getting a lot of action from from that blade on the chatterbaits. Yeah. I'll tell you just a little tidbit I've done is, uh, and I use the same thought process on underspins as well as a fluke. It's it's a good. I don't know. I don't see a lot of guys do it. That it's not not really secret information, but most of the guys I see throwing jack cameras are throwing like a creature bait on it or a Kytec. And I one of the best days I've had with a chatterbait, I was throwing a fluke on the back of it because I had ran out of Kytex. So it was kind of a perfect little happening. Yeah. I know a lot of guys swear by the the trailer that comes with the original chatterbaits. That little, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't. It's got like two little tentacles on the end of it, yeah. and uh, rub kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, a split split tail. Yeah, right. Almost like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I like to use those on, I'll still switch out the trailer though, but it's on those tiny chatter baits. You know, sometimes I'll go down to those real small ones. Yeah. And, uh, um, they work pretty good. They'll produce big fish for you as well, especially when the bait fish is small. So I'll, I'll throw that smallest chatterbait they make, and um, 
uh, I'll, I'll put on, you know, a little paddle tail trailer or, um, uh, gee, I can't even think of the name of it, but it's a little fork tail um, shad bait that I actually pour myself. And there's only, it's only 2.75 inches, and it just makes a great trailer on those tiny um, chatter baits. And I'll use something like that um, when nothing else is working. You'll, you'll get some bites, and oftentimes you'll get a big one. So. Yeah, I've got, I've got some of those tiny chatter baits, dude, and they're, they're worth their weight in gold because they're getting harder yeah. to find around here. I mean, they're, like, stupid tiny. Like, yeah. I actually want to yeah. say that I've got them in the crappie section. They're yeah, so probably. small. But- yeah. I actually got some blades. I was going to start making my own in the in that small size, but I just haven't got to it yet. So. That'd be cool. Yeah, may, may have to hit you up for some then. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever start making them, <laughs> oh, Arnold, how did how did you get yours, man? My technique was a lot different than Alex. I actually Uh-oh. was throwing a something super basic, a small one thirty second Kitek uh, tungsten jig head with a two inch easy shiner on it and on five pound test spinning rod working the bank and then just picking up a couple the only reason i think it worked because the the length limit was so low it was a 11 inch length limit Mm -hmm. so my my uh thinking was like just pick up a quick limit of smaller fish and then try to get a kicker at the end or something like that yeah no that's a good math but um uh the weird thing is uh the the Easy Shiner is a bluegill flash color, so it's kind of like translucent. And you wouldn't think it would be that effective, you know, in that dirty water, but those fish are used to that water. So, you know, they could still key in on something like that. They'll find it, you know, even though, with, well, they're used to that, you know, the visibility. So that oh, was it. Yeah. Well, yeah, just working the bank. Yeah. What's that? No, I was just going to say, I, I, I think color is doesn't – you know, uh, shad, they don't change their color no matter what color the water is. The bass still find them and they still eat them. So I just think any natural type baits will work. I know I've always grown up knowing the dark water. You want to fish dark baits because of the silhouette and everything. But um, I think the natural baits work in the murky water as well. That, that's are- something I was gonna going to say was that, you know, for me, like, I think we all know those rules with, you know, dark baits, dark water, which honestly for me changed because when I grew up, a lot of guys were all about throwing white and chartreuse in muddy water. And, uh, but I've like those easy shiners you're talking about, I have that exact color and everything. And that's like a, like if it's tough, any of those translucent, uh, easy shiners or, uh, some of the flukes that are a little more, transparent that's my go-to you know go back to something that looks you know as close to real mm-hmm. i mean i even throw some of those what is it castaic oh i can't remember Turkey Jack. Uh, yeah 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 it look i mean it looks like they cast netted a bunch of bait and threw it in a bag and if it gets that bad i'll throw one of those on a little jig head and throw it castaic yeah, uh, made like this little tiny shad bait it was probably two two and a half inches something like that maybe three at the most and and it, it had sort of like a little real thin curly tail on it a lot thinner than you see on your typical grubs and those things were just killers they, oh they were pre they were already rigged for you too so they were pre-rigged with the weight inside the bait and i haven't seen those baits in a long time but that was one of my go-to baits you know a few years ago when i was fishing the 
the bigger bass tournaments. Yeah, I just don't ever see those anymore. I don't know if they still make them or not. You know. While we're talking about this, just because I love talking about tackle, so we're going to mm-hmm. kind of stay sidetracked on tackle for a second. For you guys, have either of y'all or any of y'all fishing those that you know smaller lakes like that tried the Mega Bass Okashira heads? I, I did. I've caught a couple on them. Do you have the yeah. the head with the blade or just yeah. the head? No, those uh, with the blade. Oh, no, with the blade. Yeah, those the screw head, right? Yeah, yeah, screw head. Yeah, that's what they call yeah. It. same same trailer, same size. You know that that works pretty good too. That I always I was never into the small jig head fishing and small swim baits until I found some underwater footage of one of those listening to the sound that little screw head makes, and it's so different from. You know, chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, and everything else. It, I mean, it sounds like somebody's tapping a pin on a little metal wire underwater, just barely. And that, it's another one of my little go-tos, man. When it gets tough, get out a little two-inch swim bait, put it on that. I think I use like the 16th ounce ones, man. They're so small. Yeah, yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned that because uh, Oliver and I of Big Bass Dreams, the, the lake that he grew up on, is the second lake that we've, or yeah, the second lake that we fish in the Urban Angler Club, Pudding Stone. And I hadn't tried any of those Okashira screwheads until I saw his footage of him catching crappie and bass on it. And then I put it on, and, and sure enough, I started catching them. It definitely takes some patience and some light line, but it also works works really, really well, especially for these anywhere in Southern California because mm. you got lots of people, pressured water, and small bodies of water. Yeah, just kind of, the store. I haven't thrown. I have, that's something I haven't thrown yet. Yeah, yeah. In our spring stone, it, it's a lot clearer than Santa Fe Dam as well. So you do really well with some of the smaller baits there. So. Yeah, oh, yeah, all these lakes have. Um, I don't know if you guys know what those silver side minnows are. They're mm-hmm. Yeah, like we. Slim. So these lakes, yeah, these lakes are full of those. So that that small bait is like a perfect imitation for that you know so those bass are used to eating eating those little baits so that's why that's why i think it works good yeah yeah i think that's why um the the um jerk baits work so well too because they're they're slender i like throwing the the small sizes too like the 65 size instead of the 110s and i just get bit so much and by by big fish uh, as a matter of fact i've caught a couple of 12 pounders on that little on that little jerk bait you know with uh but six pound, maybe eight pound line at the most, something like that. Uh, I think someone said they use. I don't say you use five five pound. I use five pound a lot when we're fishing. Um, some of our waters can get pretty clear. And one of the lakes um, called Diamond Valley. It, it's uh, one of the larger lakes in, in California, and uh, that water is real clear there. You can see almost thirty feet down. So you either have to go with real tiny baits or the uh, the big trout baits, one or the other, to to get bit, so, uh, I was used to fish that that loop a lot, so I got really used to throwing uh, small baits. I started using five pound because of Alex. I remember one time he won, and he mentioned what he, his setup was for his drop shot setup, and he said, "Yeah, that Sunline Sniper, I believe it's super strong, you know, and it's really thin, gives you more action." Sunline yeah. Sniper is my go-to line. I love that stuff. But y'all are talking all sorts of weird stuff about. Light line, man. I don't go under ten pound on my drop shot. <laughs> I, well, I, I tried eight pound. Got. I, I just stepped up to eight pound. I just stepped up to eight pound after losing a couple key fish in a, some previous tournaments. I was like, uh, so 
But yeah, so now I just use it for like the real small stuff just as a leader. My thing was, I don't like when I'm throwing a drop shot or any kind of spinning gear, like I don't horse the fish or anything. And I'm very, very confident with like knot tying because I like tying knots. It's something that, you know, you fiddle with your hands and your brain and tie a knot. And I don't know, eight pounds. Like I trust FC sniper, but first fish I hooked with it, maybe it was a giant who knows, but I mean, it just boink. And I was like, all right, nope, done with this. That's not, <laughs> I ain't never broke 10 pound like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's, what's funny. It, go ahead, Kirk. Oh, no, I was just going to say that Sunline is really good line. And when Alex was sharing what he was using, it was kind of funny because we were using the same line. We both used that Sunline five pound. And because of that, another club member had his spinning reel spooled up with um, – with a uh, five pound leader, I think he had an eight or 10 pound um, braid line with a uh, five pound leader drop shotting. And um, they were on a family outing. His, his younger brother grabbed his pole, threw it out there like for the last cast of the day and hooked a 14 pounder. So they were able to get that 14 pound bass in on five pound test. So that, that was quite an accomplishment, I yeah. thought. No, that wouldn't happen for me. Not even. <laughs> That the hook, I, I can understand the line not breaking, but that it's crazy. The hook couldn't bend out. No, you know, I, 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 I think what? like that. Because I think fly fishing, you know, yeah. like tiny hooks still catch giant trout. Yeah, yeah. And, and that tournament that Arnold's talking about, where I dropped down to five pound. So the third lake in our series for the urban anglers is Castaic Lagoon, um, which is notorious for Butch Brown. If you guys have heard of that guy, mm-hmm. that's the only place that he fishes and he catches, I don't know how many teeners and 12 pounders and 10 pounders out of the lake fishing his swim baits. But so there's giant fish in there. There's, you know, ones that will commit to a 10 inch swim bait or an eight inch Huddleston or whatever. But if you're not catching them on those big baits, then you have to drop down and fish light line because it's the polar opposite of Santa Fe dam. It's really deep. It gets down to like 65, 70, the deepest part it gets clear and it gets cold. And that lake is because of, of where it is. It's typically a month behind in, in the seasons where the winter lasts a little bit longer. Summer's a little bit shorter and, and the springtime is, is a lot smaller, smaller of a window, but it's just funny to, to think about. I mean, in this conversation alone, we're talking about a place like Santa Fe dam. We're talking about pudding stone, which kind of has a little bit of everything. And that's, that's my favorite lake to fish back home. And then Castaic lagoon where, you know that there's giant fish out there. Butch Brown does it all the time, but just catching one of those for myself or any of like the regular guys is just near impossible. Castaic is actually famous uh, worldwide, actually, for uh, producing double-digit fish. I know there's been several top uh, – if you look at the top bass category, like the top 20 or something like that, there will be more than one of them from Castaic Lake. I can't remember the last time I looked at that list, but but several really big bass come out of Castaic, both the main lake and the lagoon, and Butch Brown's famous for, for putting together just stringers of double-digit fish. He'll have five or six fish. In one day, all over 10 pounds. I don't know if he's done that recently, but back in the day, he would do it on a regular basis. Have you, Dan, or, or Jimmy had the chance to fish out here in, on the West Coast at all or no? No, it's on my list. Like, I really wanted to make the Clear Lake trip last year for mm-hmm. – I can't even remember who was there. And because of time and you know work and stuff, it came down to 
uh, California or a lacrosse. And I really wanted to fish the Mississippi river. Cause I like, I like like fast moving water. And, uh, that would just, was like, well, we'll do this this year and then we'll go out West next year. And now I don't think any of the big trails are coming out there this year. So, well, you have, there's, there's two options to fish clear. Like we now have, a basically a California qualifier. So Bass didn't bring out one of their trail events, but we do have a qualifier on clear Lake. So that's going to be May 23rd and that's going to be a big event. And then for the KBF trails, we actually have three trail events. So everybody else has like their two day, you know, one weekend tournaments. We've got a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So there's going to be a handful of, of those East coasters. I think Russ and maybe Cody Milton are going to come out. Oh, you know, Russ is going to come back out there and let everybody know that he's still the man on those waters. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he did those last year. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) But, uh, I think a lot of guys, if they're willing to travel, I mean, at least out of anything, this is the best reason to come out West is because you have three trails to, to basically qualify or add to your angler of the year points. Is it a, um, your qualifier, is it one of the like state level bass nations? It's yeah, it's kind of the same equivalent pretty much. For yeah, but it's just a one event instead of like a thing. Right. This year it's, it's a one day event and then next year they're going to run a, a series and then a TOC to qualify. So that's what I do for Alabama. We did a one day event last year and we have a trail series this year and then uh, Tennessee and Georgia kind of do the same thing. So that that's cool that y'all got that though. You know, we want to, you know, Bassmaster's the OG. It's cool to see. Like, I actually got it in the mail today. Bassmaster magazine that had Jody Queen and his kayak on the front page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cool. that's not me, but that's a kayak. Look at us go. Like, check hey, us out. We're chains of the kayak up. or something like that. Do what? Yeah, I got mine today, too. It said, like, kings of the kayak. Yeah. That's Jody. <laughs> yeah. I was stationed at Tacoma, and I've been to California, but whenever I was up there, I just fish salt water the whole time. I didn't fish any fresh water. That's what I like also about um, Kirk's tournaments. It's it makes you um, go out, hit, uh, try new new bodies of water. That like I tried. Uh, well, I fished Lake Parish for the first time with him. I fished Castaic Lagoon for the first time with him, and get you out there trying new new lakes and not they're like one of my favorites to to go out there you know so very cool yeah we we try to spread it out a little bit so, um what what we try to do we have a handful of lakes and for our tournament series we try to hit each lake two times and then on the last tournament we'll have like a picnic afterwards for a group and then we'll 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 give the awards out for that final tournament and then we'll also name the Urban Angler of the Year, which um, Arnold actually won that in 2019. So uh, he was our first Urban Angler of the Year. And it, it was a tight race. You know, we have, what, three or four guys there that could have won it on that last tournament. And uh, uh, I know Alex is right up in there as well. As a matter of fact, I think Alex went into that last tournament leading it. So I think if Alex would have caught one fish, he would have he he won. That, right? Or was oh, it yeah, something that, like that? That's correct, yeah. Yeah, well, you can tell by the look on Alex's face yeah. right now. Yeah. You're opening up a wound. Let's talk about it, man. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I got I got plenty of those. Like I fished uh, the day before this this last event. We uh, the the ABA had a, a tournament down in San Diego at, at Lake Hodges, and that's a, a new series to California, especially Southern California. And out of fifty of some really really good sticks, the day was just tough. There was also only seventeen fish caught. First place had three, second place had two fish, and I didn't catch anything on on that Saturday. So Sunday, I go to Santa Fe Dam, and I just 
wail on the first fish that bites because I actually got <laughs> bit in in a week. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, going into that that 2019 that last event, we went back to Santa Fe Dam, and I, I had some good history there. And sure enough, I think uh, I was in first in the in the standings, and I think Anthony may have been second, and we both blanked and we just stood there at the awards ceremony looking at each other like yep arnold definitely took that from us <laughs> i just had i had the advantage because that's my home lake you know so but the, these guys still kill it out there they fished a national event so uh, uh, the fact that we had a, one of our local guys from the club actually win the whole thing it just shows you the kind of competition we have you know you can have uh, good sticks like Alex and one of our other members, uh, part of, part of the G team, Anthony Garcia, and we we have actually have quite a few of our members that that fished larger kayak events, and they're all pretty good, and uh, um, you know they come down and fish my little club events, and uh, you know the the locals do just as good against them a lot of times. Now these guys are always at the top. Don't get me wrong, they're they're good fishermen, but our some of the local guys can hang in can hang with them so and it's nice that they come to our tournaments because they have a lot of knowledge that they can share with everybody else so i really appreciate that and the effort alex makes sometimes to get over to our tournaments he'll he'll, he'll fish in like what was that last year a year before that 2019 i think you fished a clear lake event didn't you in north california on us uh, yeah it came I, on a saturday it came back down on a sunday to fish our event that's a quite a quite a bit drive. Even San Diego from Los Angeles is is what two hour drive. You fish all day on Saturday, then you come on Sunday to fish another tournament. I mean, you're making a big effort to fish. You know, our small club event, and we know it's not for the money because there's not a whole right. lot of money to to <laughs> get ours. But um, like you said, the comradeship and you know, it's just a, a lot of fun. You know, hanging with the guys, um, talking some mess, and uh, and doing some fishing. Heck yeah, yeah I, I think the uh, you kind of nailed it. Where, like, um, you know, in the beginning of 2019, when I first met Anthony, part of the G team, he uh, he was on kind of like a like an older Hobie Outback, but I mean, he won the first event fishing from a bike, bought a kayak, and then <laughs> started from and shore. Then, yeah. And then started doing well in the kayak. And I, I looked at him maybe in like March or April. And I said, dude, you're, you could do these KBF tournaments and some of these other organizations up North, like no problem. Like you're definitely, you're there. If you want to do it, you know, we'll travel together, camp out, whatever we got to do. And, uh, you know, sure enough, like he and I kind of, he's now one of my travel partners and we go up and up and down California. And he and I both drove out to Gunnersville for the KBF national championship. And, um, you know, that's kind of what one of the reasons why I like the Urban Angler Club is because I want to kind of convince people that in this growing sport of kayak fishing, anybody can join. You don't have to buy a, a you know, $60,000 bass boat. It's a it's a cheaper alternative to tournament fishing. And I mean, we're just seeing the sport grow even more. I mean, going into this year, how many kayaks and trolling motors and accessories are sold out going into, you know, the second or third quarter of the year. But you know, there's a lot of guys that I think, you know, either just need a little, a little nudge in the right direction, and and they're there ready to compete against some of the bigger names. 
there, uh, um, Alex makes a good point here. One of the things that the Urban Angler Club does is bring people together. So a lot of people met Jose through the Urban Angler Club. It became really good friends and really close to him. Um, Alex is talking about, I mean, he just he joined the Urban Angler Club. He didn't know Anthony before that. He met him through the club. And now they're travel partners at some of the bigger tournaments. I'm sure Arnold has some similar stories as well. Yeah, uh, I met a bunch of great guys through, through the club. Alex, um, you know, there's countless guys that I've, that I've met through there. Before, I used to be like a lone wolf, you know, just fishing by myself. And I actually have fishing buddies that I could call and, you know, go on trips and stuff like that. That's one of the great things about joining a local club like this. Just all the yeah. friendships you make. I've got another guys that didn't fish at, at all hardly. They were just interested in it. And they would they learned about the club through someone and they would give me a call and come by the house and I would help set them up, you know, with some, some simpler techniques like Texas rig and drop shot, you know. And some of those guys now are three or four years into fishing and they've, they've been catching some pretty decent fish and either at our tournaments or on their own. So it's nice to see somebody come in like that. And I know Arnold's talked about this. It might be the same for Alex, but, um, you know, fishing is just very therapeutic. At least, you know, it is for me just being out there in the outdoors and um, even if I don't catch anything. And, and that's what we're trying to um, strive for and in bringing people into the club that, you know, it, it's more than just an outdoor activity, you know. So we're trying to get people off their screens, you know, it's computers, it's phones, it's TVs, and try and get them out that virtual war, world and into the reality of the outdoors. So, um, and we we do that through fishing. So that that's kind of like our, our goal is, is to kind of go in that direction. And we want the Urban Angler Club to be more of a community service and we we you know we just happen to do tournaments every now and again so very cool so since this is a benefit kirk you were saying before this that there's a way that people can still donate they're doing a, a raffle yeah the, there's um there's two gentlemen in the club and they were really close to jose and they didn't know him until uh, until he joined the club and um these guys both are bait makers and uh, well um um, um, one of them's a bait maker. He he makes he hand ties jigs, and his name is Aldo Orozco, and he runs Boondock Baits. So if you guys go on Instagram and just look up Boondock Baits, you can find Aldo there, and you can see the kind of jigs he makes. But more importantly, you know he's partnering up with another gentleman who I'll mention in a minute to um to do a, a raffle some pretty high-end items you know there's some corrado reels in there and some high-end um, um rods that got donated by some tackle shops and they're raffling those off to earn to raise more money for the for jose to give to his family so um, they did a pretty good job at the tournament with that and they're going to continue it for about another week um the other gentleman he doesn't make baits but he makes um a clothing line of urban fishing wear. So all the clothes that, that they have, it has like an urban fishing theme on it. And one of his uh, one of his tack lines or his main tack line is um, fish your city. So it, it's uh, he has a really cool line of clothing. His name is John Sanchez, and uh, you can find him uh, on Instagram as well at Stay Bent Anglers. So those are two guys that were very instrumental. 
in making this um, uh, this fundraiser um, possible and successful. So, um, you know, we could get people to go on and uh, um, visit their Instagram sites and, and stay tuned for when the raffles are going to happen. That would be really cool. I know they were doing a, they actually stayed, um, out, um, State Bent actually had a, a, they're doing a live broadcast today, I believe, from Instagram. About the same time we're doing this. So, but it, I just think it's really great to see these, these guys come together like this. And even for this fundraiser was amazing because we have several anglers that weren't in our club that decided to come in and come just for the fundraiser. They didn't know Jose, they just heard about him and wanted to support him. So I, I think that's pretty good. I think the angling community is great. You know, it doesn't matter your race or your religion or anything like that. You know, we're just we're just one big happy family when we're out there on the water. So it's just a, a pretty awesome thing to experience. And uh, I feel very lucky to have the kind of guys I have in the club. You know, I just, I don't know what else to say. You know, it's just a bunch of great guys, you know, just lucky, I guess. There you go. And we've had y'all on for almost an hour here now. We don't want to take up any more of your time. But we, um, anytime we have somebody on, we want to give you a chance to give a shout out to anybody that makes fishing easier for you. Arnold, we'll start with you, man. Uh, just main thanks for, for Kirk for getting us all together and giving me an opportunity to meet all these guys, you know, to, uh, that's pretty much it. There you go, Pond Prowler, man. Get, get, get yeah. man. <laughs> Alex, how about you? Um, yeah, a couple sponsors, BioNO Batteries. Uh, I just jumped on with the team for New Canoe this year, uh -oh. and uh, you know, I, I just want to thank tournament directors across the country because I know <laughs> that I wouldn't be able to do it, but I really like to thank every anybody who just makes an opportunity for us to to get on the water. Um, and, uh, and you guys, you know, I mean, I just kind of, we started a podcast earlier in the year and I just think that, uh, you know, giving people of all sorts and all opportunities, like just the, the chance to, you know, tell their story is amazing. And, um, thanks to you guys for, for having us. Which podcast is it? Mm. Shout uh, it out, dude. So Shane and I run the, the Bass Thumbs Fishing Podcast. I didn't know that was you. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a, I'm a subscriber, dude. I'm listening yeah. Yeah, so we uh, we just got started. We kind of we like to check. Or keep your thumbs dripped. Yeah, yeah. Always keep your thumbs ripped. That's us. Um, yeah, we just like to shed a little light to the West Coast, and uh, you know, we like to interview guys that win big tournaments, small tournaments, and just about anywhere in between. There you go. Yeah, man, I'm I'm about that. Kurt, how about you? Well, uh, well, just the, really just the members in the Urban Angler Club, but we do have uh, some pretty big sponsors that, that help us keep going and, and provide us with, with products to raffle or give away as prizes for some of our winners. I'll just like to name them. And, and some of these guys were, were pretty big in, in giving us product to, to sell or raffle off for the fundraiser. One of them is... Um, LA Alliance is a tackle shop in uh, Los Angeles. I believe it's in San, San Pedro, right? Yeah. So and then um, 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 there's a, a city called Brea, and, and um, I guess that's more in the Orange County area, but that is Fisherman Access. 
they gave me a couple of nice rods and they've helped in other tournaments as well. And then there's, uh, we got a new partner that just came on with us at, at the end of last year. It's called Fishing Syndicate. They make custom rods. They have a rod shop where they produce custom rods. They're well known for their saltwater rods, but they're coming on strong with their with their bass and trout rods as well. And they make some good inshore rods too for the guys who want to fish the bays and harbors. So that's about it. Very cool. Well, we appreciate y'all being on and continued success for the rest of the year. And uh, yeah, we appreciate everything you do, Kirk. And uh, yeah, thank y'all. Thank you, Dan, for having us on. Thank you. All right. See y'all. All right. There we go. Let's talk about these tournaments. Uh, first up, the, the other big one. Well, there were a couple of big ones, but the national one was. Um, the Hobie on Broken Bow, obviously, we talked about that. 110 anglers, Russ Snyder's, that guy's ridiculous, uh, dugout team member. Uh, 100, he had 178 and a half inches. Justin Brewer was in second, 168 and a quarter. Luke Arian, 164. Tom View, 162 and three quarter. And Nick Matthews in fifth with 161 three quarter. Biggest tournament we do, five anglers. Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing, 141 anglers. That's right, Grassroots Trail, 141 anglers. As always, the only trail in the club that has four fish limit. Chris Gravely, 87 and a half inches in first. Eric McCormick and with 80 and a half. Jeremy Heath in third with 78 and three quarter. Then you had Tennessee Valley Kayak Anglers. They were on Garnersville, 53 anglers, three fish limit. Uh, Joseph Kurt with a mega bag, ready? 65 and three quarter inches for three fish limit. They were 22 and a half, 22 and 21 and a quarter. That's a, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it, that was a nuts sack, dude. That was like, I remember, I, I know they fish three fish, but when I pulled it up, I was like, oh, that must have been a bad day on a five fish tournament. And I put my phone down and I was like, wait, no. Hold on. And I pulled my phone back up and was like, good God, should have went to Gunnersville this weekend. Yeah. I just like that you said nuts sack. <laughs> I was wondering if you caught that. You well, didn't laugh. And I was like, well, there went that joke. <laughs> and then you had the father and son du dynamic duo of Brad Golden and Terry Golden. Uh, Brad had, he got second with 61 and a half, and Terry Golden with 57 and three, three quarter. And then San Antonio Cag Fishing, they were on Choke Canyon, which I uh, keep hearing stuff about that, uh, about that place. Uh, 40 anglers, Matt and Uturdy, and he keeps showing up. He keeps winning or getting top three and everything. 101 inches. Yeah, 101 inches. Uh, Robert Adcock with 97 and three quarter, and then Brian Beck with 96 and three quarter. So uh, Choke Canyon, yeah, put that on your list. And then, uh, like, who was, who was just talking about that? Alex, he was talking about the ABA tournament on Lake Hodges. 50 anglers, five fish limit, super tough fishing. Uh, only 13 out of 50 people had a fish at all. So, yeah, brutal. Johnny Baynard with 52 and three quarter. Five fish limit, he had three fish. That won. Uh, second was Chris Cabral. Uh, or Cabral, sorry, dude. Uh, 31 and three quarter, two fish limit, second place. And third place was Daryl Bogosian. 
again, I'm sorry, uh, 22 and a quarter. He only had one fish, got third place. So, yeah, this is 22 and a quarter. So, yeah, it was a nice fish. So, yeah, brutal. that was it. So, that's all the tournaments, 30 or more. See, so yeah, it's a good week. We appreciate having those guys on. It's a nice, you know, club doing something good for somebody. That's always good. So, there you go. We lost Jimmy, but it's the end of the show. Um, yeah, we'll see you all again next week. Just stay good. You know, be nice to each one another. It's tough out there. So, uh, yep, see you again for too long. All right. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com 